0: I showed up every single day, even this island girl, when the temperature went below, (laughs) you know, 32 degrees, I still went to work, even though I hated the cold, but I love my, I showed up just like them and I put the work in just like they did and I did a good job and even the ones who didn't speak to me sometimes on jobs. Um, nobody, none of the guys would speak to me. There would always be one, but even those people, because I was consistent with my work ethics and the way I did my work, Will finally come to, to me and say, "Man, you do, you're a really good plumber, you know." So you, you you have to put the work in, as you know, and and show them, show the boys what you got. They can't have all the fun.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Julie, and welcome to Women With Cool Jobs. Each episode will feature women with unique, trailblazing, and innovative careers. We'll talk about how she got here, what life is like now, and actionable steps that you can take to go on a similar path or one that's all your own. This podcast is about empowering you. It's about empowering you to dream big and to be inspired. You'll hear from incredible women in a wide variety of fields, and hopefully some that you've never heard of before. Women who build robots and roadways, firefighters, C-suite professionals surrounded by men, social media mavens, entrepreneurs, and more. I'm so glad we get to go on this journey together. Hello everybody, this is Julie Berman and welcome to another episode of Women With Cool Jobs. So we are going to listen to another one of my best of episodes and it's so hard for me to pick like which ones I wanted to include because honestly, I love all the conversations that I have with women. Like they're all so different and inspiring in a variety of ways. And I love just like the perspectives and the things that women have shared, but the ones that I'm picking, I'm trying to pick for like a very specific reason. And so this one, I love this guest. Like she is one of the most inspirational feisty people that I have interviewed to date. And I'm a huge fan of feisty women everywhere who do not let things stop them who you know figure out a way to achieve their vision and she is one of them her name is judelyn cassidy and one of the things that she says and you'll understand this as i explain what she does a little bit further but like she says jobs don't have genders so I love this so much and I think actually it applies so well to my podcast in general. I wish I would have thought of it before her because it's so brilliant. So she says jobs don't have genders and what Judalyn does is she is a Plumber. So she is a plumber in New York City. She actually was born on the twin islands of Trinidad and Tobago. She was one of the first three females selected to learn plumbing at what's now known as the University of Trinidad and Tobago. So after she got that um, that training and education, she actually moved to New York City and she worked as a nanny and housekeeper. But she wanted to be a plumber because, of course. This was what she what she knew how to do and what she worked hard to learn how to do, and so she tried everything from like getting in the union and getting an opportunity to practice plumbing and she had to work so incredibly hard to prove to her colleagues who were male that she knew what she was doing that she was skilled at it. She's like this tiny petite woman around. Um, around five feet tall. And yet like she showed them over time that she's trustworthy, that she knows what she's doing, that her her um, being a woman, that her being petite literally had no bearing on what she could accomplish in this field. And she has really, really proven herself in a variety of ways. She's done so many incredible things during her career. So now really she's not just, a plumber. She's a tradeswoman. She's an activist. She's a podcast host. She's a motivational speaker, and she also founded this really incredible nonprofit called Tools and Tiaras, and of course, I love that name because it's just like amazing and it also has great alliteration for all of you who are like grammar geeks and and um, these you know editing geek like I am. But um, but the cool thing is like this this nonprofit foundation that she created, it teaches young girls and young women all about the possibilities that exist in the trades. And it gives them like this hands-on inside look from women who are actually doing these jobs right now to give them the, you know, sort of the foundation in their minds that like, this is an opportunity for you right now to pursue these different fields in the trades as a skilled worker. And here's these incredible women who are doing it now. And so I love, love, love that. Um, I'm just like a huge, huge fan of what she's doing. And I admire her feistiness so much. And that's part of what was really incredible about this This episode recording it. I did it at the very beginning also when I started the podcast. So it makes it stand out in my mind too. But you know, we also talk about realistically, like when we picture someone who's a plumber, what do you picture? Like you usually see the guy on the truck. And he's white, he's usually middle-aged, and he's working on a toilet. But that is completely not the reality of what a plumber does. Like a plumber is so important. And they help keep clean water running in our homes and wherever, you know, our businesses and wherever we live to keep us healthy and well. And, you know, she was working on in New York City, she's doing new construction. So she was working on like 80. 90 story buildings and now she has another job. So I'll let you listen into like what that is and and why it really brings her joy and, and like a sense of pride in what she's doing now. But she's just been on this incredible journey And she's worked so hard to prove herself and to prove that women belong in the trades, that they're completely capable, that women bring like something extra, like a different perspective and different viewpoint that's so needed in these areas that often don't have a lot of women. And so I just hope that by resharing this, if you haven't heard it um, or whether you have heard it and it's a reminder that women, are amazing, and that we belong everywhere, like we can do and be everything. And as she so wisely said, jobs don't have genders. So thank you for being here to listen to Women with Cool Jobs and taking your time out of your day. Hey, Judalyn, I'm so excited you are here today on Women with Cool Jobs.
0: Thanks for having me, Julia. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Thank you so much. So I was instantly excited when I found out about you because you are truly the epitome of who I wanted on this podcast. You are a plumber. And not only are you a plumber, you're a tradeswoman, an activist, a podcast host, a motivational speaker, and the founder of the nonprofit Tools and Tiaras, Inc. So you are just a woman of many talents, and I know that you've already inspired so many people, so I appreciate your coming on and inspiring even more
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity.
1: <laughs> you're so welcome. So I would love to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing now. Um, and just if you could explain in your own words, what is your job?
0: So my job is the most awesomest job in the whole wide world. We protect the health and safety of the nation and nations Um, I am a plumber, and I've been a plumber for over 20 years plus. And my job is to make sure I keep potable water, which is drinking water, and non-potable water, keep them separate to keep us healthy. And uh, that's what I do on a daily basis.
1: Awesome. I appreciate that in so many ways. <laughs> right. We all need that water. We don't realize how important it is, especially I'm, I'm in a desert. I am in Arizona. So it's, we really have to recognize here how important water is and especially that drinking potable water. So I would love to go back a little bit before we talk about where you are now and talk about how did you get into the field of plumbing. How, how did you land in this position? So
0: I think I get I got into plumbing by pure accident. In a sense that it wasn't uh, something that I envisioned for myself. I growing up, I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago, which is one of the most beautiful Caribbean islands ever. And I wanted to be a lawyer and. After I finished my secondary school, I couldn't afford to attend university. And because my great grandmother, she passed away. So the trades was the next best free option. So I chose plumbing over electrical because I figure I'll get wet. Electrical, you get shocked. And oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a reasoning. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: how I deduced it. And I actually. Once I started doing it, I actually fell madly in love with plumbing and I'm actually still madly in love with plumbing. I think this is the longest relationship I've had, is, um, <laughs> you know, plumber. So that's kind of like how I I got into plumbing, just by pure necessity of wanting to have a job and take care of myself.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like you really wanted some sort of education to go, to go further. And while you are, I guess, getting your education in plumbing, were there a lot of women in your classes or was it just you as the sole woman? No, well, when I um, so
0: I started plumbing in Trinidad and Tobago. I was okay. one of the first three women to get into that program. So three of us was in the program. And I think close to the end, two of us, um, one dropped out. And then the last year I left and I came to the United States. But a lot of times, um, like... Years went by. I came to the United States and I actually was a babysitter, a nanny, and a housekeeper before I got back into plumbing. And when I got back into plumbing, years ago, I would be the one and only, only one uh, on a job site. So it uh, it was really, really difficult at the beginning of my career. But it it was so worth it. Like, you know, even, even those difficult, dark times... I just stayed true to the love of the trade. Like that kept me going when things got difficult.
1: Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted to uh, point out, cause I love when I was doing my research on you, I love that you said jobs don't have genders. And in all that you do, I feel like you are just so committed to this mission. And I, I wanted to ask a little bit about your experience being that you are a female and what what was that like, just in and of it being a female and then being a Black female, if that added to it, especially given the current situation, politics and everything going on. I, I would love to sort of hear your your thoughts on that and and if things have shifted, which I'm crossing my fingers, that they've shifted, hopefully for the positive, you know, despite some of the things that are going on now, but um, just if you could share your experience.
0: Yeah, I would say my experience, a lot of some of it was negative, but I walk into every space, whether it be a movie theater, whether it be a restaurant, um, knowing that I'm a black immigrant woman, and the world sees me differently. So I don't walk in with a god up but I I know that things are going to be different for me and I'll have to work uh twice as hard as somebody else. So uh for most black women we kind of like uh, accept that fact not that we like it but we just know that that's how it's. So that um in itself was difficult because sometimes people have a vision and and if you see me people you don't see me but I'm really tiny. <laughs> so I'm like four feet eleven and seven eighths. I love saying that. Um, and I'm really small and I was really tiny back then when I got in. So when somebody looks at you and they see just the exterior without actually getting to know your grit, your passion, your your brain and how smart or how intelligent you're organized, they lose out. So that a lot of times people missed out on that opportunity, but I might My personality of take no prisoners, um, today's no, is tomorrow's yes, um, helped me get further. And they've gotten a lot better, the industry. I'm a union plumber, and a lot of times, you know, I used to be the only woman at my union meeting. But now there's more and more women coming on board, but not enough and not as fast as it should be. And I think it's because... If I ask you, do you know a woman plumber? And I'll ask you that. Do you know a woman plumber?
1: Not one. You're my first. And I, I was so happy to find you existed.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: literally, I think that's the most shocking thing is they had never dawned on me to even think of there being a woman plumber. Like, And therein lies I, the problem. Yeah. It had literally yeah. never dawned on me to ask that and, question.
0: And that's what we're trying to change. And the fact that television, movies, or any of those mediums does not show a woman plumber or electrician or just think about that. So our girls cannot even see, uh, you know, somebody adorably cute like me, short like them, awesome like them being a plumber because all the pictures they've ever seen has been a man. So that's what we do. Why we say jobs don't have genders. And we, I, definitely teach the little girls that jobs don't have genders you can do whatever you want because Ms. Jiddlin said that. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: so fantastic. I yeah. think I'm I might borrow that from you cuz yeah. it's just such an amazing concept and something that I hope you know as we go forward and as my kids, you know, when they grow up that we do start seeing more women who have these jobs that are typically male dominated now. But I think we have to do a part. We have to demand it. And
0: the way that I say demand it, I'm not talking about taking a flag and running down the street. That's not, I'm talking about search for it. You need somebody to do, uh, fix your car and you're a woman. Why not search for a woman auto mechanic? Right. I know a couple. <laughs> um, if you're looking for someone to do a tile job and, and the beauty of what is happening now, we are not, we are connected through platforms. Through platforms like Instagram and Facebook, you can literally search and you will find a female plumber. It might be hard um, for you to find one, maybe, you know, depending on where you live. But you have to put the work in and you can search and find females doing the most amazing things that you never thought women were doing.
1: Yeah, I love your idea of actually searching for people in Especially those like, you know, those trade industries that we wouldn't normally think about women in. When you mention mechanic, literally also had never dawned on me that there would be a woman who has a mechanic shop because all the people I've ever seen in that industry, not that I'm that old, but I've lived mm. long enough where, you know, I've taken my car in it and I've always seen men. Not not one woman except for someone who's answering the phones. That's it. And
0: and and there's yeah. tons of women out there that, yeah. that have businesses that do these things, but nobody supports them. Nobody sees right. them on. But believe me, Instagram search trade women of Instagram, <laughs> and you find a lot of us out there making it happen on a daily basis.
1: I love yeah. that. I definitely will, and I hope to have some of them on my show.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely.
1: So, okay. Well, thank you for that suggestion. And then I wanted to also talk about gender specifically. Do you have a first memory or first instance of being treated differently from your male peers because you were a woman?
0: I think um, for my age, um, growing up in the Caribbean islands, it started very young being told that you have to do things differently because you're a girl. So growing up in the Caribbean, uh, girls, we were taught to cook and clean the house. And we really wasn't you know, allowed to go out and, um, play with, you know, basketball or football with the guys until we did like a couple of things. So I think it starts, it started then. And then as I got into the trade, literally people would look at me and said, Oh my gosh, she's so cute. Like I don't have a mirror. Um, you should do something else. Like, so people, men would tell me that, but they wasn't, like, I'll be honest, like, they wasn't really trying to be mean. They themselves did not envision a woman being a plumber. So, or they themselves didn't envision a woman being a electrician or automatic, uh auto mechanic, they just themselves for so long have been in this world where they were told that, only men can do this, right. so I knew it wasn't coming from that place of like, "Hey, honey, sugar, baby girl, just go home and do some dishes." I mean it wasn't like yeah, that. It, it was wasn't more like, like
1: negative.
0: Yeah, they were trying. It, it, they were trying to be sweet and kind because they were thinking, "My body is, um, I'm tiny, I'm fragile." To them, looking at it like, "Do you want to put yourself through this?" And um, and being a plumber, it's not for everyone. I'm not, even though I encourage a lot of women to explore jobs in um male-dominated careers you have to you know get your workout on
1: <laughs> you know what
0: i mean and you gotta like being outside and we work in extreme elements uh so i could see where that was coming from yeah. but then so i know i know as much the difference as a black woman when somebody's being it's my race and when it's being my gender so I knew there was times when guys literally was doing stuff because of my gender, um, like my foreman or somebody who wouldn't give me the task of installing a particular thing and rather send me for coffee only. So as a, a woman in the trade, sometimes that happens to you a lot. You get sent out for coffee. And you didn't get to learn your stuff. But I did not take that. I stood up for myself. And not in a, like, I demand my rights as a U.S. citizen for food <laughs> shelter. and <laughs> Not like that. But I literally let them know that I know it might come as a surprise. But I love plumbing as much as you do. And yeah. I think what happened is the shift happens that to the point where my male um, brothers didn't even see me. As Joodle and the girl. They saw me as one of them. They would say, oh, you're not like the other girls. And I'm like, yes, I am. I'm always a girl. Because, yes, because I I, I I, did the work just like them. Yeah, I showed up every single day. Even this island girl, when the temperature went below, <laughs> you know, 32 degrees, I still went to work, you know. I hated the cold, but I love my. I showed up just like them, and I put the work in, just like they did. And I did a good job. And even the ones who didn't speak to me sometimes on jobs, um, nobody, none of the guys would speak to me. Wow. There would always be one, but even those people, because I was consistent with my work ethics and the way I did my work, will finally come to to me and say, "Man, you do, you're a really good plumber," you know. So. You, you you have to put the work in as you know and, and show them show the boys what you got. They can't have all the fun.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So what is it that you think kind of led you to be able to have that breakthrough where you got the moment to show the men you were working with like, I can do this too. Let me have my chance. I don't want to just go get coffee. like yeah. I can do more than this. I am more than this.
0: So I didn't wait for them to tell me. And a lot of women, we always looking for validation from other people. And once I figured out, right, so this is a little secret for all the ladies listening and the men listening might be like, why was she telling our secret? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of men are confident when they don't even know what the hell they're doing. And women could be, uh, let's give it a high number, 99% sure of whatever task it is they're doing, but would not sell themselves. And once I realized that the men always act like they know exactly what to do, and they don't really know how to do it. And I know how to do it, but I'm acting like I don't know how to do it. I got to change this. And I changed the way I viewed myself. Hmm. And the way you view yourself is how other people are going to view you. So if you believe like I can't do something, you're going to carry yourself like you can't do it. You're going to act like you don't do it. If you don't believe that you are strong, you're going to carry yourself that way. So it starts with the belief. So once I made that shift, I started walking on the job site like I owned it and everybody always tells me that like you I even know I don't I <laughs> I walk in there like I actually own this big building and it's not and it's not like a cockiness it's just that we have to be more confident as women in the roles that we do and just own it and own it because we already know a lot more than we think that we know so that's was a shift
1: I love that so much and I think pointing that out that idea of being confident in what you can do, and I—I I think that's something for me that I'm having to learn myself. Like I need to be more confident and act more confident in what I'm able to do. And yeah, it's like you're when you talk about ninety-nine percent there, but there's that one tiny percent where you're like. I'm not so sure about this aspect or like, I don't know, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable here, but we like let it affect our mindset Mm -hmm. and we need to, yeah, like be like, no, I've got this. Like I'll figure out that, you know, 1% or 5% and like, let's do it. So I, I, yeah, I love that so much. And do you feel like just that shift in mindset of like owning it has allowed you to get where you are today? Because I know you've done so many just really extraordinary things and you've really helped influence a lot of women and girls in, in the trades or, or to be interested in the trades.
0: Yeah, I I would definitely say it's that mind shift. I mean, like, you cannot expect someone to believe in you if you don't believe yourself. Like, I'm not saying, like, there was things about myself that, uh, you know, I still struggle with and I still have doubt, but I do it while I'm having the doubts. You know what I mean? Like, I. Yeah. I you um you on this podcast and I don't, I don't like being on television. I don't like having to do interviews. You said that I'm a speaker. I do it, but I really like. Sh- I'm afraid every time I do it. I'm a deadly serious. Yeah, and I do it still while I'm scared because I know that I cannot teach my girls, my princess warriors to be fearless. And I don't do these things. So I step out of my comfort zone and uh, do these things. And I think a lot of women would find if they step out of their comfort zone zones, like there is amazing job opportunities in the construction industry that pays extraordinarily well. And It gives you a sense of satisfaction that um, can never be taken away from you. And if you acquire a skill in the trades, it doesn't, it could be shoemaking. It could be any kind of trade itself. You can literally pick a map on a, a world map, take a dot, toss it and move there because you have a transferable skill. And that's what I love about my job and that I can literally pick up and, well, I got to sell the house and all of that, (laughs) but I can literally move to somewhere else in the world and continue being a plumber.
1: That is such an interesting thought too, because sometimes a lot of skills are very specific and you have to be in a specific area to get a good job. And so I would love to hear now, like, when it comes down to the day-to-day stuff that you do as a plumber, what does your typical day look like? What are sort of the tasks or the responsibilities that you have?
0: Yeah, so my my life changed a little bit. I used to work in new construction, which is like in New York City, the landscape of the tall buildings, 90 stories, 80 stories. I love those huge buildings. And on a day-to-day basis, I would get up at, my day starts at 7, so I will actually get up at... 330, because I commuted from Pennsylvania to New York City. I will get up, I will pray and thank God that I'm above another day. I'll meditate, I'll do some push-ups, some workout, and I drive, I get to the city. And then on the job site, I would be installing copper pipe, cast iron, um, risers and brazing and soldering and threading pipe for, that brings gas, that brings water into the building. And I do that all day. I I sleep, eat, repeat, plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did but before. And now, a year ago, I decided to, I, I left the big high-rise construction, and now I, I'm a City of New York employee. So I work for New York City as a plumber now, working in um, public housing. So in that field that I worked before, I built huge buildings that I never got to see the immediate effect in the sense of somebody moved in and they're using all the awesome things that i provided that's in the wall. But now what I do at my job, my job actually makes people's life better through plumbing now on a daily basis. So I go in and I repair cracked pipes with, I work with someone else. Um, I am a helper and he's the plumber because I'm starting all over again. And don't forget, you can start all over again. And we really go in there and help people on a day-to-day basis with cracked pipes, flooding, clogs, everything you can think of that can go wrong in a old building with old pipes. That's what we do.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Does it feel different because you're actually seeing the people now that that are benefited?
0: Yeah, I actually, I tell people this, I love this even more because I love helping people. And to know that the skill that I have is making someone's life better through plumbing is a high for me. And I go in there and I see them really being upset and sad and water everywhere. And they know that this superhero that flew in With a car hard jeans and the boot (laughs) and the sweatshirts is coming in there to make it better, you know? And when I leave, you should see how grateful and how thankful people are. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you." You, you. So you see that immediate effect of what you do, especially now during COVID. People still need help and we still had to go in there and provide that help. So I love that aspect of the job, being to help people. But then I miss the big construction because I love blueprints and I love layout and I love solving puzzles and the big construction sites give me that euphoric high of um, (laughs) figuring it all out. I love figuring out where the pipe goes and ordering material and uh, that part I miss.
1: Well and it sounds like such a difference, I guess, between what you were doing working in the high rises and now what you're doing on like a very sort of personal level, but both equally important, just so different. And, and it's something I would have never thought of either of like, oh, there are so many different opportunities as a plumber for you to go in and work in such different settings.
0: Exactly. And that's what one of the things that I try to do is change people's vision of what they envision a plumber to be. Most people envision a plumber only the toilet bowl. And I try to get people and the kids not to think that. And some of it, I would say it's the plumber's fault. We have our trucks with the guy with the toilet, with the plunger. And plumbers actually do a lot more than that. You go to a hospital and you didn't realize that all the vacuum the the gas lines nitrogen all of those lines plumbers do that oxygen we do all that piping
1: wow
0: yeah we work we work in refineries gas stations all just pipe plumber so when you think of a pipe and you see it think about a plumber doing that we do a lot more than unclog toilet bowls we yeah uh, we no seriously like we really do and what we do is science because And I so I want people to think like, if you're coming into being a plumber, there's so many different phases you can work in plumbing. You can be a plumbing engineer. You love math. You can be a plumbing engineer. You can be a draftsman for a plumber. You can be a welder. We weld all of the oil refinery, all the lines that move oil from one place to another. Hey, plumbers do that. So there's so much to plumbing.
1: Yeah, that's really amazing. I honestly, I don't know too much about The trades in general, I'm not handy myself, but I so wish I was now that I'm getting older and have a house. But it's so nice to hear about these different examples because it's, it's definitely enlightening me. And then, you know, I think too, like what you said, that typical vision on the truck of the man with a plunger near a toilet, what have you, is not really a very accurate description of all that you do. And
0: it's not only not an accurate description, but it's not a job that if somebody sees that, they want to be it like right so it's like why would I want to be that guy with the plunger unplugging somebody's yeah so if we change that and you draw the awesome plumber standing up with a wrench looking really tall and awesome like I have in one of my pictures <laughs>
1: Yeah, I saw that one. It's awesome. See, you saw right?
0: And it looks different. It's like, like this person is proud of their job. Yeah. It's almost like the Maytag guy. That's how, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and you look happy. You look powerful. You look knowledgeable. You know, all yeah. these really awesome things. Mm-hmm. So do you have a very favorite aspect of your job? Like if you could pick one thing.
0: So the very favorite part of my job is um, my paycheck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, okay. That's the, yeah, I have to always say, it. it's
0: always fun saying that. But no, the fun part of my job, I love copper. I love soldering and brazen
1: But it's brazen? So I, brazen
0: is a higher heat. Uh, it's a welding. It's considered like welding. Okay. But n- you don't have to get the whole welding shield. You know, you still wear glasses darker ones but it's it's a very 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 high temperature we use that in hospitals a lot okay. brazen um so I love brazen and I love doing copper so those are my favorites and actually like laying out all the racks that my copper has to go on is, yeah, I love it because, and I'm dyslexic, so I love solving puzzles. So the trades is really awesome. And it's good for somebody like me, because I love to keep things organized. So plumbing is great
1: for that. So that is a perfect segue into another question I had for you. For someone who is interested in being a plumber, what do you think are the top skills or characteristics or things that they would want to enjoy in order to be successful at it? So I would say,
0: first of all, in anything you do in life, you have to have gratitude. So I want you to like just have gratitude that, oh, I'm above ground, I'm living, I'm winning, winning. And so you have that. So you have to have gratitude because a lot of times we take for granted what we what we have. So I believe that my attitude of being grateful, even when it's dark, will help. So having gratitude, and then also applying for a job with with a union and get into a union apprenticeship, or even asking a company, even if it's not union, getting out there and asking, like, "Hey, are you hiring plumbers? I want to start." So, but and you have to be the type of person that shows up every day. So, if you're a person who likes to sleep late, the trades is not for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, seven o'clock start doesn't mean you show up at seven o'clock. Okay. That's we start working at seven o'clock. So you have to be a person that is punctual and you have to be a person that is good working with others. The whole thing about what I love about my trade is everybody, like we call each other brother and sisters. And, Aww. uh, yeah, I love that That's about nice. it. It really is. It really does. And everything is teamwork because our safety is interlinked. So you have to be a person who's willing to work with other people, and also be a person who is teachable. Because the great thing about the trades is, you don't need a college degree. Could get a college degree so that you can be like the in plumbing engineer and all of those other levels. But just the the knowledge of um, working well with others, and also just knowing that. You have to come to work at a certain time and you do that. So that's it. The boss is happy that you show up every single day and you're teachable. So you win in already. Now, all you got to do is now you got to learn your craft and just keep on learning. So like the unions, you know, you have to have like get like a high school diploma at least to get in. You can get into the trades at any age. It's not like you have a window of like. 17 to 21 there's right. people coming at 35 there's people who leave being in wall street being some people was going to school to be a doctor that i have known and and decided to become in the trades because they're like i don't have to stress and it's not that stressful this job it's all about showing up and putting the work put the work in that's the key showing up and putting the work and you're not going to be micromanaged in the trade our yes is our yes and our no is our no. Meaning your boss tells you what he wants you to do. He doesn't have to come to you like 49 times a day, send you an email, follow up, a circle email. That doesn't happen. You just do your job and we all do that. So I love that about it.
1: And you mentioned a little bit about how it doesn't require education, but if people do wanna get an education as well and in, in a specific trade, that that's an option. And I was hoping you could talk about the places where people might go if they do want an education and what that would lead to versus if you didn't like what would the difference be in opportunities or kind of starting out so there's
0: different ways to get into the trades for men and women so i think if you're a vet the trades is a perfect a veteran the trades is a perfect fit there's um programs like helmets to Hard ads that you can go and they'll help you get into the trades there is Chicago Women in the Trades, Oregon Women in the Trades. And these programs, you get in and you get to try different trades. There's like some of them have like a six-week program, eight-week program. You come and a lot of them are free that you and they help you get into the union or place you with companies. So you can search like the National Building Trades and you can see all the different jobs that are available as women there's tons of organizations out there like Nevada Women in Trades. New York has non traditional employment. Our United Association, which is my union, has, which is I love this program. It's a uh, for vets and we help the vets come from you know, transition from one helmet to a different helmet, you know. So you just you just have to search and also um know that what I love about the trades is it's the other four year degree you could earn while you learn and you don't have to go in that extreme debt to become a plumber but while you let's say you get into the apprenticeship and while you're in the apprenticeship a lot of unions now actually pay which is amazing i wish they did it when i went um for you to get a college degree wow imagine that
1: and this is a very naive question but because i am unfamiliar with the trades does every tradesperson belong to a union
0: no no not every tradesperson belong to a union okay. but it's 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 a great thing to belong to the union because the wages and the protection the oshap and just the way it's all set up you have a pension you have a 401k plan it's a great thing but not not everybody starts off being in the union um i was non union until i got in it's a great path but there's other ways to learn the trade and try to get into the union at the same time so. okay
1: okay thank you for that So we already talked about you can't be it if you don't see it, but I also wanted to talk about just the jobs don't have genders a little bit more, and kind of those two, you know, combined, I think, are so powerful because you can't be it if you don't see it, and and I feel like was that sort of the reasoning behind why you created the Tools and Tiaras Inc. that nonprofit.
0: Yeah, I spoke at a conference, and in my speech, I had said that you should give a girl a tool and a tiara, which is given her confidence, independence, and most of all, power. And I said that because I wanted girls to know, and women to know, that you can be very effeminate and be in the trades. Like, if you see me during the week, I am in my car hot pants, like I said, t-shirts, Bandanas like um bonjo you know um i you know like the rock on bandanas. i, I love <laughs> my bandanas, and then with the time i with my skull cap and then on the weekend i love my wedges and my stilettos and my and so i wanted girls to know that you can like both like you don't have to choose like if you're in a trade i have to become like a man no yeah. i am very effeminate Really, every aspect of both of me, uh, <laughs> is in, co- so that's why I started Tools and Tierras. And I, and I also really wanted there to change a shift in the country of how we view and portray what is man's work and what is mm-hmm. woman's work. So that was kind of like the idea behind jobs don't have genders, which is trademark. Yay. I got it's it. awesome! Yeah, yeah. It's I just wanted so to. Great. Yeah, I just wanted to shift that narrative and turn it upside down and let people see. Like, if I do a speaking engagement, I'm not coming in my work clothes. I want you to see that I can actually do that, and I can do this. Wow, look at that! So that's what we actually do at Tools and Tiaras. We really try our best to. It's all about the girls. For me, it's all about the girls, and. I have become a really one of the world's best plumbers, self-proclaimed, because like I said, it's confidence. I have (laughs) to do that. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I wouldn't have become a great plumber if men didn't teach me and share their knowledge with me. And a lot of my brothers stood up for me and and advocated for me to do a lot of things. But if I want to see more girls and women in the trade, I have to show them that. So at Tools and Tiaras, all our instructors are women. So that the girls, and it really makes a big difference. I yeah. see, we are already seeing the shift, we have girls who came to our summer camp, actually going into college and learning engineering and wanting to be architects. We have girls who came to our summer program that actually went, decided from to go to CTU high schools instead. Wow. And what is CTU? CTE is Career Technical Education. So it's, they, these high schools exist, but they don't get a lot of, um, Support um, okay. that people know, or a lot of parents don't know that they feel like if your kid got into the trade, it's because they wasn't smart enough to go to college, and that is totally incorrect. Because think about it, Julie, you are in a building, and you go to the movie theater, you go to the Eiffel Tower, you go to all of these places, and trust unequivocally that this is not going to fall on you. Somebody. Had to conceive it and build it, and so you had to be really smart to do that. Yeah. So just think about that. So don't think when your kids decided, they ma, I don't want to go to college. Can I just like go to CT school and maybe learn plumbing? And you look down. That's not what you should, you should encourage them because we we do, we need people in all of these jobs, and every job it has equal value. And just exactly. know that as a parent, if your child decided to go this route. You're going to save yourself some dollars to buy that BMW that you always wanted. Okay. (laughs) That's kind of like why I did it. I just wanted to make a shift and I'm passionate about bringing back, uh, the trades and, and, and bringing like a, a, like a respectability. Like you for definitely sure that most people are definitely going to need a plumber before they need a lawyer not saying that you don't need a lawyer i'm just saying like you you have a house something the water heater is gone who is going to call let me call the lawyer oh no he doesn't do that so you're going to, <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to call the plumber Oh, the electrician i need the the circuit the is not working All, so that that's what i mean not i i I'm, I'm just saying it in a fun way but it's really true yeah. you're more than likely going to need somebody like me than somebody else like a lawyer not saying that their job something's wrong with their job I'm just saying like the probability is greater
1: well and I think that's such an important perspective to have the shift that you're talking about that all people's jobs have value and some I think just over time for whatever reasons we have seemed to diminish the value and and it certainly seems like trades have gotten a little bit of that you know where that role is diminished, but the importance of what you do as a plumber or what an electrician does, or I'm I'm sure you can name off countless other people who I wouldn't know to name. (laughs) Sheet
0: metal workers, iron workers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, all those people, right? We don't necessarily think about what they do, but we inhabit the buildings that you have built using those skills. Yes. Um, And I, I think that's such a really important point you know, that I actually probably wouldn't have thought of before I talked to you. I don't know that, you know, mm. all, the, all these things, it just would have never dawned on me mm. to consider or to think about. And ironically, my dad's actually a lawyer. <laughs> but, you know, but, but you're right because he does a very specific role and it's very important. But yeah, I don't need him to come into my house when I'm having an issue fixing something, right? I need like a plumber or an electrician or, yeah, and I, I happen to need them usually more often than I would need my dad's services. So. Yeah,
0: and, and believe me, remember, I wanted to be a lawyer and I still yeah. am fascinated with law and I love that. But I just wanted to show that we actually, as a country, yeah. we we the tradespeople built, built, built and continue to build this country and our infrastructure, we need to fix our bridges. You look at the bridges, you look at the buildings, they need to be updated. And if everybody goes to college and learn programming or coding, where would we be? We would be in danger. And just think it's it's amazing. But that's why I do what I do uh, with Tools and Tiaras.
1: I wanted to read, because I was on your, your website for Tools and Tiaras, and I wanted to actually read some things that I just thought were so... Like, really deep, and I loved the meaning behind it. So, you said at Tools and Tiaras, we believe that each day is a chance to make the most of our values, skills, possibilities, and humanity. And that is so all encompassing, I love that. And then furthermore, you have for the mission, we hope to build a lasting passion and curiosity within the present generations of girls and women that will make them consider a career as an electrician, carpenter, plumber, or even an auto mechanic. And that is just like, those ideas are so powerful. And And the idea that like, yes, why can't women do all these things? And going back to, you know, you can't be it if you don't see it. That is sheer brilliance because literally it would have never dawned on me growing up that I could have been a mechanic, that I could have been a scientist even, because I never had anyone around me doing it, that I could have been a plumber. Mm. I mean, just tons of jobs. And my my parents and my family were completely supportive. They would have been like, yeah, like, go do it. But I just didn't know to know about it. I I hadn't seen anyone doing it.
0: So that's why it's important. That's why it's important for girls and women to see someone like me. You know, I I mean, I do this and I, 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 I love being a plumber. And I get DMs from women all the time that said, because of seeing your story... I, I went and I decided to become a welder or a plumber. And those are the moments that, you know, when the imposter syndrome set in because we all have it and I feel like, am I doing enough? My problem in life is that I always feel like I'm not doing enough, but that's just a struggle of my own. But um, but when I get that or, or, or I get, like I did a workshop for women in Omega and a woman could come up to me and said, as a little girl growing up, she wanted to be a plumber and they told her that she couldn't be a plumber. And she chose a different kind of plumbing. She became like a nurse and did plumbing that way, like helping people. <laughs> yeah. And she said, and she was crying and I could see the pain in her eyes that this weekend I gave her this opportunity to be a plumber. And now she's just going to be fixing stuff around the house. And that's, that's the power behind what I'm trying to do just to give women to know that When they see me and they see how vulnerable and how honest I am about my, I I struggle as a plumber. I still make mistakes, but in those and I figure it out. And that's what I want to show girls that you could look just like me or you don't have to look like me or you could just be in you. You're amazing. And, uh, at our summer camps, we teach girls a mantra. I have them say it every morning and I am. I am um almost like Mel Gibson in Braveheart and I riled them up as warriors because they are princess warriors. And I asked them a question, who is awesome and who is fearless and who is strong? And they answer is, I am. And that's what I want to continue to keep doing. Raising our army of fearless little girls that are just going to just take over all of these jobs.
1: That's fantastic. I would love to see that one day. You know, going off that, are there ways that women in particular can reach out and find support in different ways? Or what are the best avenues for them to search for that additional support to give them the confidence? Like, I can do this. I There is a path. There's a woman who's doing this, and there is a path. Yeah. Do you have ideas for, for how they can find that support or community?
0: Yeah, I think the the community exists. I would say, um, before women, we worked and lived in silos, but even though I don't like social media, it connected us, right?
1: Right. Exactly. So
0: on social media, you, there's tons of groups that are trade women driven women, women in trades, trades women, um, women of ING. All of that is, it's, it's out there if you want it. So just take this little advice. I wanted to start Tools and Tiaras. Now, I work with my trades. I knew nothing, nothing about running a nonprofit. And I basically continue to run a a nonprofit on Google. I just Google everything and I figure out how to do it. (laughs) I started a podcast. I didn't know how to do it, what to do, and I figured it out. So I want you to know that it's out there. But you can't sit and wait for someone to say, hey, become a plumber or you need mentors or whatever. You have to do your part. And when you do your part, what I love about what happens with my life, and I, I speak in for myself because sometimes we speak in general, but I notice when I put the effort in, the universe finds a way to match me. And every time I want to do something and I try, it matches me. I mean, I started Tools and Tiaras And I was funding it for a long time with my own salary, my own plumber's salary. And the universe was like, okay, you're doing that. You're picking up bottles and recycling cans to have the workshop for the women and girls. Okay, I'll help you get a sponsor. Then I get a sponsor for this one and I try. But but it's me doing that. Part of it is you have to do the work. So as women, reach out. Find, you know, use what we have. Use the social media. Use the LinkedIn, use the Instagram, use the Facebook groups. And and if you decided to become in a trade and you live in the middle of nowhere and there's no one else but you on the job site, and today you had a very difficult day, reach out in a group because I I found I wanted to quit many a times doing the plumbing when I had no one to help me stay. My motivator was the fact that I wanted the money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fair enough so i that was my uh driving force but there was days yeah. i wish i had another woman to say to me it'll get better and now you do i mean yeah. try just reach out part of it is you reaching out and um asking for help as women we tend to want to do everything ourselves
1: yes yes i had someone on my podcast and she used the word solopreneur and i was like that is so I love that. it's a Great term because yes, like we try to do everything ourselves and get very overwhelmed. And, you know, even doing this podcast, like I'm I'm slowly having to learn, like what can I, what do I need to ask for help for yeah. from someone else? And also with what you said, I think that idea of reaching out and trying to make connections and building your community is such an important aspect. And it's something that I'm trying to work on, you know, being brave enough to just even contact you, you know, when I saw you. And I'm so glad that I did because we're having this incredible conversation and I've learned so much. So I love that. And I I wanted to ask, too, about the tools and TRIs and what you're doing now, given that we are recording this during the pandemic and things have shifted. What are you guys offering now for for women and girls?
0: So for women and girls, um, we had canceled every um, workshop when pandemic hit, it, like everybody else. We canceled everything: our summer camp, our monthly workshops, and I was, um, I had to make a pivot. And in life, we always have to make pivots and do things that you know <laughs> we would do. So we actually moved our summer camp to a virtual space. And I was just doing it like um, I'm going to use one of those office terms, of beta test. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I did a beta test and I said, you know, I'll just try it and see if it works. And I didn't think it would work because of what we do as tradespeople. It's all hands-on and visual and I'm teaching you how to use the drill. I'm teaching you how to use the welder. But we shifted to a virtual space and it actually showed us that, you know, we can actually reach people all over the country, all over the world, because we were getting inundated with people wanting tools and tiaras all over the country. I was like, wow, this really did work. So sometimes things happen and we had to make a pivot. So that's what we're doing now. We moved everything to virtual space and trying to figure out how to make it work. And in that, we are growing and becoming better people just by figuring out how to move our programs to that virtual space. So we like virtual, people are all zoomed out But uh, (laughs) that's what we're doing.
1: The ability to reach people, you know, not just in the local area, but across right across the country or, you know, potentially even across the world. It just sort of opened everything up to the possibilities, it sounds like.
0: Yes, it did. So like usually our summer camps, uh, we have one in New Jersey and we have one in New York and the girls come from New York and New Jersey. And this year, by having it virtual, we were able to have girls from California, Chicago participate. So it like you said, exactly what you said happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I think that's one of the weird things. Um that, that's like that silver lining that I've found that through the ability to do things virtually, it's sort of made certain things much more possible for people to participate rather than keeping it to one locale. yeah. Um, and so I wanted to ask, how do people find tools and Tiaras if they would be interested in doing something virtually?
0: Yeah, I'll definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. And you can subscribe on our website. And and we do not, I am a stickler for that. I'm not going to take your email and sell it to other people. It's just for you to get updates. Because we know a lot of people are not on social media. So that's why we do the subscribers list so we can let you know what's happening with our monthly workshops and our summer camp. So just follow us and come along for the ride and see all the possibilities and the excitements of little girls' faces of doing (laughs) learning to do plumbing and carpentry and stuff. So definitely uh, seek us out on social media. And if you type in tools and tiaras, um, Google search, it comes right up and you can find us.
1: Thank you. And the last thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was your podcast. It's called Trades Women Talk. And I started listening a bit myself. You have all sort of really interesting trades come in. And I wanted to have you explain that a little bit and just why you created it. So
0: I created it because of the pandemic, <laughs>
1: Okay, fair so, enough. <laughs>
0: so it's so funny. Like I we were actually gonna do tradeswomen talk in the high schools um, okay. for girls and boys because we want to change even young men to see the image of a plumber or electrician, sheet metal worker, iron worker being a woman. So we were gonna have talks where they got to meet oh, women in the trades. Yes. How brilliant. And we were gonna do that and then the pandemic happened and that had to shut down. So I was like, I listen to podcasts. I'm addicted to podcasts. I'm like, oh, maybe I just make it into a podcast. That's kind of like how it started. I didn't know what to do, how to figure it out. (laughs) But the idea behind it is like, I try to interview women and men. We have mostly women and we also introduce men. But the whole idea was to expose people to people in the trades that you would never thought about. Some of these people, if you listen to their stories... It's some of them are similar like mine. They were going to do something else. There was a woman, Tanya Hicks, that she was studying to be in NASA. And, um, I have an accent, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, to be studying about being an astronaut and the physics, not to be an astronaut, but the people who plan all of that, like six figures. And she ended up making a whole switch and became an electrician. And now she has her own company. So I just like to introduce people like, to amazing people in the trades who I find their stories interesting, and I just want to share their stories with the world. And 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 if people listen, they listen. And and the idea is more just to give exposure to the people, my brothers and sisters in arms, <laughs> in the yeah. trades. Yeah, because they're I pretty awesome. I love how you
1: use that <laughs> brothers and sisters. Sounds yeah. like a giant family. But I, you know, I can see how you guys would really have to work as a team in order to all be safe. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And that willingness to have that collaboration and that trust in one another.
0: Yeah, you literally have to trust each other. It's uh, That's why I said it's a perfect transition for any veterans out there listening. Yeah. Uh, you're so used to working in teams and having somebody have your back and, and have your six and stuff like that. And that's what it's like in construction because we do dangerous stuff. But what makes it safe and fun is that uh, we do it together, and we really don't leave the job site until we know that everybody's down. Like, is Mike here? Is Jidelyn here? Is you, It's it's the same. It's it's that's what I'm saying. I've never served, but for my friends who have, yeah, it, it's such a great transition. Uh, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the sisterhood. I'm not saying that people don't fight, and we don't. It's a family.
1: Of that course, in, yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> That's all natural. Sometimes I have to set
0: my brother straight like, hey, but at the end of the day we make up and um yeah, it's, it's a perfect transition.
1: Yeah, so thank you so much for just all of your information. I wanted to leave with one parting thought, which would be if you could say anything as a woman in the trades to encourage other women to think about either a job in the trades or just to think about, jobs in general and and sort of these atypical jobs or jobs filled with a lot of men what would you say to them
0: i would say definitely i want you to go for it and don't let the boys have all the fun and all the money
1: <laughs> love it that's perfect so with that thank you so much for being on my podcast it was a true pleasure And I hope I get to maybe talk to you in the future and see what you're up to five years or 10 years down the line and all that you've accomplished with your current job, with Tools and Tiaras, and all that I know you will continue to do to engage women and girls.
0: Thank you for having me. It was a great experience talking to you and just sharing a little bit about uh, my amazing world of being a tradesperson. Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Women With Cool Jobs. I'll be releasing a new episode every two weeks. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you loved the show, please give me a five-star rating. Also, it would mean so much if you shared this episode with someone you think would love it or would find it inspirational. And lastly... Do you have ideas for future shows or do you know any rock star women with cool jobs? I would love to hear from you. You can email me at julie at womenwithcooljobs.com or you can find me on Instagram at womencooljobs. Again, that's womencooljobs. Thank you so much for listening and have an incredible day.